ACASTCAST. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of introducing special guest Robert Raymond Rioka to the show today. Robert is an international best-selling author, app designer, entrepreneur, and trainer who has spent the past 18 years traveling around the world sharing his passions. He shared the stage with and trained many of the top trainers and thought leaders in the world today. With his high energy and heartfelt style, Robert draws on this journey from humble beginnings to financial freedom at the age of 32 to inspire individuals into tapping into their greatness. Realizing that this is not the only person that struggles, Robert's clues open individuals up to the possibilities that lie within them. And that is, what, that is why he's such a highly sought after presenter. For anyone interested in knowing more about our guest, you can go to his website, www.robert.t riopel.com. I keep saying that really bad. I apologize. But um, I'm so excited to have Robert on the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Robert. My apologies. <laughs> you know, Jason, I'm just going to give you a hard time about it. That's okay. So, <laughs> As I said before we started our interview, my, my, my pseudonym is Jason Zook, the social psychic, but my real name is an Italian last name that everybody my entire life has mispronounced, misspelled. So I, I apologize. I uh, want to let you know that heartfelt wise myself. I welcome you to the show today. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm so happy to be here because, yeah, we've already been having an amazing conversation. It's like, we should have hit record. Well, that's what happens with these. We get we get together. We start talking before we hit the record button. And next thing you know, we've got material that we've already kind of know we want to share with our audience. Uh, let's start this interview for me. I'm going to ask you, you have a book called Success Left a Clue. And I want to ask you about that book. What motivated you to write this book? <laughs> well, you know, when, when I became, um, I was introduced to personal development back in 2001 and something I didn't believe in. And also when I was introduced to it and it changed my life because my wife and I walk into a training that is three days long that we stumbled across and we're $150,000 in debt. We've been franchisees with Domino's Pizza for eight years and we're not enjoying it anymore, which is one of the reasons we were in debt. But we were also, our spending habits were out of control, which was the other reason we were in debt. And we walk into this training and it blew us away. And three things that we learned was A, why we were in debt. B, we took ownership that we were the ones creating the debt. Had nothing to do with anybody else. But then C, we also learned some very specific tools that would allow us to get out of debt if we wanted. And when we left that three-day weekend, Jason, we did something that unfortunately not a lot of people do. 
you know, the, the unfortunate statistic is only 3% of people will ever in North America will ever use what they've been taught. Only 3%. And that's why, like in my book, step number three is take action because most people don't. So we decided we were going to take actions because we wanted to get rid of this stress of financial, you know, $150,000 in debt. And I know probably a lot of your listeners can relate that financial stress is one of the worst stresses out there. And so we left the weekend and we started putting into action what we had learned. And next thing you know, we go from being over $150,000 in debt to actually being retired completely financially free nine months later at the age of 32. Wow. <laughs> and that's what our mindset, our minds went, wow, if this much information gave us that result, what would more do? So we became avid students. We started learning from every master we could because I'm a big believer, don't just learn one way. Learn from as many people, look for the clues that they're dropping so that it's in alignment with you. And so in one of these trainings, 2002, someone on stage said, you know, you should write a book. And he was talking to an audience of a thousand people, one of which was me. And I'm like, this is a great idea. So in 2002, I decided I want to write, write a book. But Jason, I had no idea what the heck I was going to write. I just knew it sounded good. I want to write a book. So I set the intention there. And it was with, I came up with a name, which was, if they can do it, I can do it. And so can you. And I was sitting there and I was in another training and I was now a volunteer, actually. See, one of the things my wife and I also did, we did a lot of volunteering as a way of staying in the energy of, because I'll put it like this, and I don't know if you can relate to this at all, but I am a world-class procrastinator. <laughs> yes, I can. Okay. Yes, I can. You know, a few of those. you know a few of those, okay? Too much of that, yes. Right? So left to my own devices, one of my quotes that I now have is, I design my day in such a way procrastination cannot play. See, instead of beating myself up being over being a procrastinator, I go, okay, I know I am. I'm not going to resist it, but I can utilize the knowledge of it as a strength so I don't have a chance to procrastinate unless I want to. And so one of the ways we did that is we volunteered a lot to stay in the energy of growth because we realized outside the energy, what's that saying? Environment stronger than willpower. And so instead of making a willpower have to overcome the, the being a procrastinator, we just kept volunteering, volunteering, giving back, learning at the same time, staying in the energy. So now I'm a volunteer and we're about to do a big event. And I've been made the trainer liaison to bring all the guest trainers to the stage. And the, my mentor, he goes, look, our very first trainer, no one knows he's here, but it's going to be Mark Victor Hansen, one of the founders of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Wow. And I'm like, that's awesome. And he says, but here's the thing, because no one knows he's here today when we're setting up, I need you to figure out a way you can go through the back hallways to the hotel room he's in so that you can guide him back through and no one will see him tomorrow morning. So I went and did my reconnaissance. I'm checking <laughs> it all out. And, you know, I, I've got it down covered. And so I, the next morning, he's the first presenter supposed to be on at nine. So about 830, I go trucking up to his room, knock, knock, knock. And he answered the door and said, hey, Mr. Hansen, my name's Robert Riopel. I'm here to take care of you today. And he's like, absolutely, nicest guy in the world. So we follow down through the, the, the uh, stairways and that, and I get him to behind the, in the back hallway behind the stage. And we've got about 1,200 students in the audience. And uh, uh, my mentor's on stage. He's setting up the context for the day. And I'm sitting there, and I get a chair for Mark, and he's sitting down, and we're talking, and, and, and you know, I'm watching through the door, making sure everything's okay for a cue for a, to get him, because he's mic'd up, ready to go. And... All of a sudden, we're sitting here and talking. He goes, um, you know, we're sitting here. You got me. Do you have any questions you'd like to ask? <laughs> Opportunity. I, right? <laughs> I, I had to first pick my jaw up off the ground. And I'm like, Mr. Hansen, just one moment, please. I go to the door. I crack it open. And I'm looking through. And I'm whispering. I'm going, keep going. Keep going. And I close <laughs> the door. And I'm like, well, Mr. Hansen. I ended up with 45 minutes one-on-one -on -one with this gentleman. Now, you talk about when him and Jack Canfield wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, they went through something like 145 rejections from publishers. I got to share something. Four. Yeah. You're bringing this up. We got synchronicity going on right now. You know what synchronicity is? Of course. No, it's no, my, no, it's my middle name, okay? It's my middle name. <laughs> the synchronicity that's happened recently in my life is off the charts. As you're describing what you're talking about, I'm going to tell you something. In 2004, I was a runner-up uh, real estate 
Realtors of Tampa Bay. I, I used to do a lot of community service volunteerism back then at that stage when I wasn't working for myself. I had the extra time to do so. And I got to the event where they were going to name the Realtor Award of the Year for uh, entrepreneurism. Oh, no, I'm sorry, for volunteerism. I lost to a guy that wound up doing, like, he was a cardiac surgeon and he donated like 100 clinics in Africa. And it didn't add up in any direction to what I was doing. But my point is, I got a chance to, to see Jack Canfield at that event. He was our keynote. Nice. So when you're nice. talking about those 180 blank rejections, I'm bringing this all up to you because I remember that story. He brought that up during the keynote yeah. when we talked when he talked to our group. Anyway, I'll let you go back. I just, yeah. there's synchronicity well, like that. I've got to share it. So I wanted to share oh, it. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. See, I'm already lit up. I've got goosebumps. Like yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. I love it. And go if you realize, if people don't know, but Jack and Mark ended up selling Chicken Soup for the Soul Company for, they both made $63 million years <laughs> later. Right. Yes. Because look at how many chicken soups there are. So, Here's a lot of Campbell's out there, there right? <laughs> right. So I look at him and I'm like, I got this guy who knows how to not quit, knows how to be a published person. And I said, well, you know, um, I've got this idea for a book. Can I, can I just, uh, you know, toss the, or bounce the title off of you? And he looks at me and he goes, no. Now I didn't take it personally because I'm honored that I'm sitting there with this. Standing, he's sitting. And so continuing our conversation. And all of a sudden he goes, so what's the title in your book? <laughs> and I look at him, I said, wait a second. You just you said no. Said, you said no a little while ago. He says, that's because you asked the wrong question. He said, you asked if you could bounce the title off me. He says, the moment you do that, you're now wanting my opinion on the title, which opens it up. That's the wrong question to ask. He says, what you do is you say, here's the title of my book. Would you pay $20 for that? And I went, wow. He said, so what's the title of your book? So I looked at him and I said, you know, if you can do it, I can, or if they can do it, I can do it. And so can you. And he sits there and he looks, thinks for a couple moments. He goes, you know, I like it, but it's not strong enough of a title. That's more like a chapter title. It made me think of my older brother when he was riding his bike and all of a sudden it's time for me to learn. And they put the training wheels on mine. And I look at my parents. I'm like, no, if he can do it, I can do it. He says, so I see it maybe it's a chapter, but not a, a book title. And I didn't, again, I didn't take it personally. And I'm like, thank you so much. And so he got on the stage and not only was he a great model for caring and actually about the person working behind the scenes. Because Jason, I've trained thousands of trainers and I tell them, I don't care who you are. I don't care how charismatic you are. You can be the best trainer in the world. If you do not have an amazing team behind you, you'll never be as effective as you can be. So get to know your team, appreciate them. Because I've seen in the industry, how many people will be Mr. or Mrs. Charismatic on the stage the moment they come off the stage, they start barking at the staff like they're nothing. And that just doesn't work. So Mark was a great yeah, example. Of this. Right. Right. And he was a great example of just being an amazing person. But then at the end of his talk, we had to get him out right away because he was going for a flight. <laughs> but with me as his guard, he stood there and at least shook hands with everybody who lined up to say hello to him before he'd leave, even though he was running late. And I went, that's the kind of trainer I want to be. So he was a great model that way. So I leave there and I'm thinking, okay, well, that kind of, there goes my book title. And also my wife and I are driving and I, I also something hit me and I said, honey, grab a, do we have sticky notes? And she's like, of course we, she grabs a phone. I said, write this down. Three, two, one, rich. She goes, what is that? I said, just write it down. That's my new title. She's like, okay. So I stuck it on my dash in my truck. And now that's in 2002. Okay. The book didn't come out until 2017. <laughs> Remember, world-class procrastinator. <laughs> but 2002 is also when I started my training journey because I found that was my passion. Because I believed if I could even help one person do what my wife and I had been able to do, go from debt to financial freedom and make it all worthwhile. And I believe that everything happens for a reason. And Jason, do you believe that to be true? 100%, yes. I want to ask now, you this. Did you, well, before, do you know that's not the whole statement, though? Give me an example. Well, everybody knows, you know, the saying that everything happens for a reason and everybody believes it or most people do. I definitely do. But they didn't realize the actual whole statement is everything happens for a reason. And that reason is there to serve me. See, now, when you look at it that way, it opens up curiosity of why are things going on in my life? The synchronicities, the 
why does this keep showing up? The, why did I go through that pain? Why did I go through that terrible breakup? Why did I lose my job? In all areas of your life, if you look for a lesson out of it, you'll see that there's valuable clues there. What was the question you were going to ask me? I was just going to say, when, when you talk about how you were able to go from 150000 in debt to being debt-free within nine months or so, was there a strong element of manifestation involved? Guide you. I'm just curious. I'm looking at this from an outside point of view, and I know my audience is probably asking too. Um, yeah. You know, just to give us some idea, is it is it a manifestation type thing, or is it a what's your what's your methodology with that? Just so I can understand it better. Yeah, and well, I'm going to point something out that you you made you made a uh, um, conclusion. You drew a conclusion that so many people do. Notice the words you used when you went from debt to debt-free. See, I didn't say I was debt-free. See, okay. and this is the first misconception, is when you look at the definition of what is financial freedom, you, having done real estate and your life, you obviously know what passive income is and the importance of it. <laughs> yes. Right? Money I laugh at that because my, my, one, one of my colleagues was talking about passive income very frequently in the last few months. So it's oh, a okay. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't know what passive income was. And so my wife and I had no, didn't even have investments making money for us. We were living, you know, day to day, paycheck to paycheck. Most so people. we didn't know what passive income, right, most people. So we had none. And we had a lot of debt. We had a lot of <laughs> monthly payments. So there's no way we'd ever be financially free. The definition of financial freedom is when you have your passive income exceeds your debt, you're now financially free. See, I have to say so over the long run, you'll get out of debt because you'll start having more earnings in the right place. Exactly. You give yourself the ability to create a passive income for yourself so that literally money will come in on its own and help you to pay off all your debt over time. Right. And so you get financial freedom by creating the passive income and the modes to it and freeing up the energetic space, so to speak, in your mind and in your life. See, that's where manifestation, I could see filling fill in the gaps too. I'm just talking out loud for a minute, but I love the yeah. idea. And I'm one of those people well, that's it. that can benefit from our conversation. So I, I, like, I like what you're saying. Well, and, and when we had this understanding, see, we had a lot of, as we got more success, we had all the toys. You know, we had two cars, even though we only drove one car at a time because we were both working together at the store. But we had two <laughs> cars because successful people have two cars. Our one store was on a lake community, so we had a boat. The boat that sat in our driveway because our busy season was boating season. So we never used the boat, but it sat there with all the expenses. So we had all these expenses monthly and we had no passive income. So as one of the first things we did, our method of um, our methodology was we started making tough decisions. What don't we need right now that if we were to get rid of it, sell it, whatever, to get rid of the expense would allow us to decrease those expenses dramatically? So we sold the boat, got rid of all the expenses, sold one of the vehicles, got rid of all the expenses. Because while we were dramatically reducing your monthly debt payments, we also then started investigating passive incomes. And we came across two passive incomes that in that nine months, all of a sudden they quickly surpassed our monthly debt service. So now, Jason, we are technically financially free. We still had debt. We still were barely making a buy, but we didn't have to work if we didn't want to. And here's where the magic happened. Okay, as a lawyer, how many hours a week do you usually put in? More than I'd like to admit. <laughs> so enough, at, least, enough, a good number. at least 40 or 50, right? Between that and because I work for myself, so I have like, you know, that going on for sure. Yeah. So here's the question. Let's take the number 50. Let's just round it off, 50. If you had an extra 50 hours a week in your life to do whatever you want, do you think that would change your life? Of course it would. See, so what happened is when we got our financial freedom, my wife and I were working 40, 50, 60, 70 plus hours a week in stores to earn a living. So also now we're financially free. We don't have to work anymore. So we instantly freed up those hours. And so now, even though we were financially just getting by, we were now time rich because we had all this extra time. And there's a universal principle that says what you focus on expands. So the moment we create financial freedom, my wife and I said, let's commit 10 hours a week to focus on creating wealth. And I love it. it's time management, right? Part of, it the, part of your equation is a time management element to it. 
yeah. which as you say that, I'm like, you just, it, it's a great, and it, it, you're, you're talking about stuff that the average person could probably sit there, scratch their head. I'm writing notes right now, by the way. I'm just writing my yeah. notes just to get kind of accurate. I'm being a student for a few minutes because of our interview, but very intrigued, very yeah. intrigued. So well, when you focus on something, it expands. I understand yeah. that. I, I yeah, because the other way of saying it is where attention goes, energy flows and results show. So that 10 hours a week, all of a sudden, we went from creating financial freedom to all of a sudden creating wealth became very easy. So what I would suggest to your listeners is don't try to focus on creating wealth right away. Create the financial freedom, which will allow you to free up and then focus on creating wealth. Because that will make it a much easier and less frustrating journey. And so, you know, here we are, and there's this book that I want to write, but everything happens for a reason, that reason's there to serve me, as I start training all over North America, and I'm starting to notice clues, I'm starting to share the stage with some of the most amazing thought leaders in the world, and so my book's writing itself on my journey, and then in 2008, I was burnt out, because I was overliving my passion. I was, in four and a half years, I did over 200 multi-day trainings around North America, plus opening up in Asia. I had audiences of 100 to 6,000 students at a time for three to five days where I'm up to 12 hours a day or more on stage. And in the first four and a half years, I was at home on average two and a half or two days a month. The only reason it worked is because my wife traveled with me. She ran the logistics, but we were both getting burnt out and I had to take one year off because I was burnt out. Now that turned into three and a half years mm -hmm. because I also was not taking care of myself and I went through two back surgeries. I severely herniated a disc, and I, my big lesson was you can't give what you don't have, so you got to take care of yourself. But it was in 2008, I'm now on my hiatus, and a friend of mine, he said, look, you've been talking about this book for years. I'm giving you a swift kick in the butt. Get it written. So I started writing the book, and I finished it in about 2011, had the manuscript and everything, but again, when did I say I actually published it? 2017. So I put the manuscript away. I end up coming because I went through a rough patch. A lot of my old negative supportive, non-supportive habits came back in because I went from overliving my passion, which was bad, to not living it at all, which was just as bad. <laughs> and then you know, one event actually kicked me out of retirement, and I knew I had to start teaching again and training because it's a gift I have. And when I came out of retirement in 2013 or near the end of 2012, all of a sudden, you know, a new chapter of the book basically got written. And in 2017, when I finally said it's time to get it out, I took out the old manuscript and I ended up rewriting half the book. Because in those years, I had, again, gone into a deeper level, met more amazing people, had a different shift in my mindset. And then so I said, now it's time. And so the book was written in 2017. And notice two things. The title is not 321 Rich. It ended <laughs> up being Success Left a Clue because of all the clues. And I was known for giving clues on the stage. And if you also notice, the last chapter of the book is called, If They Can Do It, I Can Do It, and So Can You. So all the way from back from Victor Hansen, that stayed true with the book. Here's my follow-up question. So did you send a copy to Hansen and say, hey, would you buy this for $20? Well, even better. Him and I became friends over the years, and he went from being a mentor to being a friend. And we spent a lot of time together you know, on and off stages at events around the world. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's a great, that's a, that's a heartfelt story for me that you took your, I mean, there's in that story, it's chock full of a lot of different things. But one of the things I like the most about it is you rose above, you rose above the back injury, you rose above the surgeries, you, you know, burnout is normal. Burnout is when you, when you, when you burn too much, when you're doing too much and you're taking on too much and your passions are high within you, Sometimes your physical body, you may, you know, we all talk about going beyond our limits to do as much as we can, as much, you know, all that. That's like inherent in all this stuff, right? Personal development, spirituality, yeah. living your best version. Well, part of that living your best version is self-care and taking care of yourself, right? And I know from a personal example myself, when I had my cancer in 2018, that was my wake-up call, time to take care of yourself. And that led to priorities in my life, like get rid of dead weight in my life and a bad relationship. You know, change of business, or I, I went through my own little changes and saw firsthand where health can really make a big change in perspective. Well, and, see, wanna... and now you're talking about um, 
what's the main focus of my new book, The Authority Key, that I'm writing right now, because that's exactly it, is when people don't realize that we're meant as humans to evolve. And if we're getting stuck and we're not evolving, there's something called chaos. Chaos will come in and kick you in the ass. And what people do is they resist chaos. But when you actually understand, and when I teach people that chaos is natural, and if you embrace chaos instead of resist it, you can actually flourish even more. And that's the four phases of life I teach people. And it's, it's, it's amazing because this stuff I never used to believe. Yeah. I used to be one of the most closed-minded in the box because where I grew up, it's a very redneck type community. And it was like, this is the way things that? are. Don't. I'm um, in state? central Alberta. Central Alberta. Oh, yeah. okay. Be kinda, yeah, you guys got rednecks too? We got them in Florida, in the United States. <laughs> yeah. well, think I say problem. that with affection. I'm, most of the states I'm licensed in are in the deep south. So I say that with all affection. <laughs> Well, we're like Texas. Uh, Alberta okay. and Texas I'm are very Texas. similar. Yeah. Oil, okay. yeah, oil, cool. ranches, farms. That's that's Alberta. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Very in cool. fact, in a couple of days, we're going to the greatest outdoor show on earth, the Calgary Stampede, which is rodeo. Uh, you know, huge rodeo. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. My favorite part of being in Texas for three years for work was being able to go see the rodeo and see the Alamo and all the things Texas offers. Yeah. So I, I completely understand. I want to go back to your to your to what we were talking about with chaos, because I have an yes. interesting point to that. It, when you said chaos, in my head, I thought of Big Bang. Okay. The Big Bang theory with the universe. Yeah. Chaos creates order sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Right? It, it, it absolutely approach. does. And part of chaos could be venturing outside one's comfort zone, in my opinion, at least, right? You're going to venture yeah. out of your comfort zone and do something uncomfortable. So I'll give you an example. You brought up earlier a lot of people struggle with relationships. Let's say one person likes another person and they have all this baggage between them and one doesn't communicate well. One could create chaos in their life in a good way by venturing out of their comfort zone to start taking the initiative and reaching out to somebody or being more daring and not worried about fear of rejection, those kind of things. You're hitting it right on the head. That's exactly why. And I use the acronym of the four phases. I use the acronym of OPEN because here's what it kind of goes is for a lot of people, things can be going great in your life. And everything seems to be on the flow. And all of a sudden, it's like this big wall gets thrown up in front of you. And it's like a boom. And so I use the acronym OPEN because it's like, how would you love to be able to say OPEN SESAME and be able to flow through that instead of being stopped? And the chaos phase, they call that the unclutter phase. And the reason it's called unclutter is because there's, when you're in the chaos phase, you have to be willing to courageously, courageously destroy something. Destroy something that's not working whether it's a relationship, business, or personal, the biggest thing for people is to destroy a belief that has not been serving them. And to I did all that. Outside of that. <laughs> I lived that in 20, that was my 2018 and 2019, by the way. Everything you just described, like shedding your skin, getting rid of old relationships, getting rid of people that don't, you know, friendships that aren't working for you or business arrangements, whatever it is. It's like living arrangements. You could do all that. I and mean, it's scary at first, but once you finally yes. have to do it, you could be empowered by it too. And that's where you can grow well, and, and that's what people don't realize is one of the ways you volunteer to work with the universe and not have such big chaos come into your life is you courageously volunteer to destroy things. So as an example, um, Jason, have you ever gone to your refrigerator, opened it up and went, maybe I better do some, clean some food out of here? Yes. See, you can actually, that's, what, <laughs> that's why I call it unclutter. If you go in and you actually, I'll, I'll regularly unclutter my office every couple of weeks because that's me saying, hey, I'm not going to get stuck with, you know, being attached to things. I'm going to come and I'm going to straighten up. I'm going to unclutter. Because if you volunteer to do that, then it allows you to volunteer with the universe, which allows you to then flow through the chaos to the next. The O is stands for observation phase. This is the where you're a human creating. You're, you've heard you're not a human being. You're a human or not a human doing. You're a human being. Well, in the observation phase, you're a human creating. This is the time to meditate. This is the time to create dream boards. This is the time to be um, very present and be asking yourself, what could I truly have in my life? Not how will I do it? What will it look like? It's just, what would I love? And I'm talking in mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial. This is where you create your dream life without trying to figure it out. And then you go in from there, you'll go into what's called the P of open, the pamper phase. See, and what you and I have already been talking about this is why most, especially entrepreneurs, get burnt out and end up sabotaging their success, is they don't take advantage of pampering themselves. I know I was guilty. 
the reason I got burnt out and went through medical problems is because I did not take care of myself. So in the pamper phase, this is where you go on vacations or plan vacations. You take half an hour to sit down and write a book, maybe 20 minutes to meditate. Uh, I'll take my phone. I'll use the app Calm, C-A-L-M. I love the sound of rain. Yeah. And I'll put it on for 20 minutes and I'll listen to rain. It takes about eight, nine minutes for my mind to quiet. And then the remaining time just rejuvenates the heck out of me. Because now when I'm in that um, refreshing, that pampering stage, going for massage, getting a manicure, getting a haircut, something you and I don't need to worry about. <laughs> but, you know, you pamper yourself. And this is how you're going to, like, people ask me all the time, Jason, they go, okay, Robert, you're flying on average over 200,000 miles a year around the world. Why are you willing to get on these 10, 12, 14-hour flights? And my answer is easy. Because it's, I love seeing people in all cultures and supporting, but it's also a selfish reason. You see, the moment I sit in my seat, that's my time. Mm -hmm. I don't do business. I don't connect to the internet. Even if it is, I watch movies because I love movies. I, I read because I love to read. I do a little sleeping. I eat good food and I drink great wine. Because I that's my time. Because I know the moment I land, for the next three to five days, I'm going to be on stage for up to 12 hours a day in what's called the energy phase. See, the energy phase when it's time to get stuff done. And most people that are stressed out and overwhelmed, they're like, Robert, I'm just so busy. I don't have time to do anything else. And here's what I say. There's a difference between being busy and being productive. See, I can say I'm going to write my book and I'll come down to my office, close the door. Eight hours later, I'll go back upstairs and I'll be like, man, I was busy. But yeah. I don't seem to have got much done on my book. What was I doing? Oh, I checked social media a dozen times. I was constantly checking emails, responding. I was doing texts. Oh, and I wrote a little bit of my book. <laughs> so I was good at being busy, but not productive. And so one of the things when I do my calendar, my wife and I, before we put anything on our calendar, the first thing we put in is what we call our balance um, pieces or our pamper. We actually schedule in time for each other, time for ourselves with family. Awesome. I, I think you, what, you're, what, you're, what you're describing are exactly like, I guess it's because you've been in the channels around a lot of the, the right, learning the right life experiences, right? Living to work versus work, you know, working to live kind of thing, yeah. balancing all that. Those are lessons that a wise person should really acquire in order to live longer and have a happier, healthier life. What I love that you said, and that resonates with me, I'm a single person at the moment, but that you and your wife plan time first as your priority. Yes. That's well, solid. Finances inside. I love that. Wealth rule number one, pay yourself first. So if you're going to pay yourself financially first, why wouldn't you pay yourself in taking care of yourself first? True. Because what do, what do most people do on the route to success? They work, 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 work. And then if they have time left, they take care of themselves and spend time with family. And so all of a sudden it's like, I got success, but my family life's been ruined. But if you, you know what? pay yourself first. Interesting. All, point. Yeah, right? Well, here's yeah. an interesting side point. I've noticed yeah. a lot of attorneys, people who mentored me or people I know, their family lives are horrible. because they put, and, they, and they're extremely successful business people. They're extremely successful. A lot of attorneys and doctors and all those kind of people with high demand, you know, high demand, high stress lifestyles, a lot, most of the average person that deals with that kind of lifestyle, they neglect their relationship. You'll see them, yeah. you know, on their third marriage or single and, and miserable or just unhappy because the quality of life most people look at are, you know, work, 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 not balancing. I like the fact that you're incorporating yeah. balance into your equation because you need to. You, it's so absolutely. vital. So and, vital. And, you know, that's why my wife, every email she signs, it ends with to health and wealth because without health, wealth is nothing. And it, which is so true. And he, he, watch the magic of what I'm about to explain too. See, because you pay yourself first on those balance pieces, then the second thing that we schedule or I schedule is what's called focus time. See, research and science has proved that you can only really stay focused on something for about an hour before you start really getting distracted. And so when you're busy, you're not really focused and not being um, productive. So what I'll do is I'll say, okay, 10 to 11. That's my, I'm going to write the book. So when I come down, I close the door. Family knows I'm in my office for this hour. Don't phone me. Don't email me. Don't text me. And in that hour of productivity, I can be more productive than eight hours of just working, which now frees up a ton more time, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. But here's now the next beautiful part. Because I've taken care of the, the pamper pieces, the balance pieces first, and those are on my schedule, I can fill up the rest of the schedule with as much work as I want without feeling guilty. And my family doesn't get upset as well because it's about the quality of the time we spend together, not the quantity. Because Jason, have you ever been with someone talking to them and physically you're talking, but you can tell mentally, emotionally, physically, they're, they're checked out, they're somewhere else. Somewhere else. Have you ever had yeah. that? All yeah. the time, it happens frequently. So this is one of the things I learned in a Zen retreat because uh, I've done so much work on myself from stuff I never believed. <laughs> but one of my mentors, he brought his Zen teacher up from California. And when she blew us away, so my wife and I signed up for a four-day Zen retreat with her. Now, because you're like me in a lot of ways, can you picture me being absolutely silent for four days? I couldn't. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was the best four days my wife <laughs> has ever had, right? But, so we're, we're doing meditation. We're doing, you know, walking contemplations. We're doing um, mindful eating. It was magical. But there was a question that kept going on in my mind, on my mind. And at night, we'd have a chance to do some questions to our Zen teacher. And a woman in our group asked a question to Sherry, our Zen teacher that I'd been struggling with. She said, Sherry, look, here in this beautiful resort, in this space, sitting here for 20 minutes at a time and meditating, legs crossed, going home. She said, that's easy. But when I go back home, I got a job, I got a family, I got a husband. There's no way I'm going to be able to take 20 minutes and do that. How do I continue my meditation practice? Now, Sherry's answer blew me away and changed a paradigm for me. She says, look, meditation just simply means being present. She said, so in your day-to-day -day life, if you're absolutely present with what you're doing, you're meditating. And also in paradigm shifts. So like right now, here's how I, I structure my days, Jason. My day is to how much can I meditate in a day? See, you and I are having a conversation right now. But because I'm present, I'm here. I'm aware of other things going on, but I'm here with you. I'm meditating. So it's serving a double purpose instead of my mind being all over the place. So I see how much meditation I can do every single day. So when I'm with my wife, I'm there. If either of us, and this is a practice because we've each done this together. If we're having a conversation and we see the other person drifting, we just simply say, come back to me. There's no anger around. There's can no I, frustration. I'm going to come back to me. I'm going to tell you a premonition I just got. I share premonitions during interviews now. something new I've been doing. Cool. You're gonna. I wouldn't be surprised if you and your wife create a book together about your dynamic, about what Which you do. Loves two sides. I'm just telling you, you have a story to tell with her. She's not in this interview yeah. right now. She's a very big part of your life. She comes yeah. very strongly off your energy, and I feel like you two have a soul contract with each other. You know, before you 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 were entwined with each other, that you're gonna both do big important things together, and it's gonna be amazing. And I think you're living that up. As you talk, I get I get energy off you, so I can read you while we're talking during an interview. People don't realize when you're intuitive, they think you have to like, ah, like, like you yeah. know, like um, X-Men. I, I don't have to yeah. do this to be obvious when I'm picking up stuff, but you know, time, yeah. and that's another topic to talk about though, is time is a human construct. It is not a construct yes. of the universe. So it's it man-made. So the fact yeah. is you're a timekeeper for yourself, energetically, spiritually, relationship-wise, work-wise, you're a timekeeper is what I see. You've mastered the ability to take time, manipulate it for your favor, where you get to pamper yourself, spend all the stuff you need to do with your family and everything that's important to you. And you've figured out that when you do that, and when you incorporate all these other things, that life starts living itself for you in a way, instead of you having well, to live life so, so fiercely, right? See, and, and you just hit on something very powerful. My, when I talk about the um, four phases, I'm, I'm going to give credit where credit is due because I will always acknowledge source. The gen, I didn't create the research. I went deeper with it, but my friend, I, I nicknamed him the quantum monk. And the reason <laughs> I did, he was actually a monk for eight years, did over 15,000 hours of meditation, but he's also studies quantum physics. And the man is brilliant. And so he can tell you all about spirituality and back it up with the science. And during his, a lot of his research, he came across what he called at the time chaos modules. And when I first learned it, I'm like, "Brave, this needs to get out to the world. But it wasn't his passion. His passion was something else that he teaches. And I said, and I said, can I teach it? He says, please, please. And so I meant to put it in my first book, Success Left a Clue, but it just didn't fit in with the flow. But it's now a big part of my new book 
And so what I did, five. Yeah, go ahead. You're gonna have five books. How many do you have right now? Yes. How many well, do you have? Right, one, one right now, second so one being written. Five total, five yeah. total. But that doesn't mean that's all you're doing, but I see five major books. Nice. One of them might well, even be the one I pick up about you with your wife working together and coming up with your own. Because everything I'm picking up that you're talking about, I see you um, improving, upgrading, amending, <laughs> reflecting. That your energy process shows that. So that's why I see you in a, a very creative stage between now and 2025 where you'll put out, I probably feel like, a good two more books after this one you're doing. Well, so here's a little insight. The book I've always had dreamed of from my wife and I will be called The Journey of Love's Two Sides. On the one page, it'll be my perspective of how our life's been going. On the other page, opposite will always be my wife's perspective. They'll be written separately so we don't compare. But when they come together, that way it's our authentic. So Are you guys twin flames? No. But so, soulmates, right? Yes. I guess soul, we I guess soul connect. Yeah, we met when we were 13, started dating when we were 16, got married when we were 19, just celebrated our second wedding anniversary. So, yeah. And then the other books you're talking about, we, we are going, one of our goals is to write a series of children's books called The Adventures of Gracie May, because one of our pets that we've had since she was two days old this big is a 265-pound pet pig, Gracie wow. May, who has uh, been an inspiration for a lot of things in her life because anything you want to learn, you learn from nature. And she has educated us so much. on. So we, we've wanted to do a, a series of children's books based on her and her real life, what it's like being... Now, Jason, don't tell her she's a pig. She thinks she's a dog. So don't <laughs> tell her. And in reality, she's actually a princess. I have two parrots. I grew up with birds, so that they were my pandemic buddies, so to speak. Oh, nice. Interesting as we talk, because every interview I do has its own unique, it's like a snowflake, unique design, unique. And, and one of the things I'm getting from our conversation is that you're not anywhere near slowing down anytime soon. I don't see you. And the energy to me shows off that you're going to basically be picking up a lot, not just with production of material for your books, but I think you're also going to have more spiritual awakenings and you're going to get more in tune with everything that you've been already developing. And, you know, I'm going to ask you this directly. Have you ever considered yourself to be intuitive? Have you ever considered yourself to be like a light worker type person? Cause you're a trainer and you instruct people and you're helping. So have you ever thought of that? And has anyone ever asked you that question? Um, it's been a journey when I'm on stage uh, when I, because I'm very present, sometimes a student will say something in a share and something comes through me. And I learned a long time ago, and, and I know a lot of your listeners will relate to this. Something will come to you and you want to say it to someone, but then your mind goes, can they handle it? And so you edit your thinking. And I would do that in the beginning. And normally when you do that, it pisses the person off more than if you would have just told them what you, what came through you. And so over the last number of years, what will happen is if I'm on stage and it's not, I never force it. It's it just, if it happens, it happens. If something comes through me or comes up to me, I'll ask the student if they're open to playing. And then I'll explain what that means, that something came up. I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to say it as it is. But I'm going to ask you first. If you're open, say yes, I'll continue. If it's, you're not, say no, and it'll go no further. And because I, you know, I'll never coach when not asked to be coached. Because you know, I've, I've learned hard lessons that way that, when you get into this arena and also now you want to coach everybody and that's not always a good idea. So yes. And my wife started um, practicing uh, Reiki. She's highly um, intuitive too. Yeah. Her sister's actually um, a Reiki master and a their mom is uh, Their mom's very strongly intuitive in her life as well. Yep. Yep. So it's a big, I don't mean to be bringing this up during an interview. I normally talk no, about no. this in my private life with people, but, your energy is so open and so engaging that I wanted to share this information with our audience with you as well. And look, I, I, I'm open to this because, and I'm loving it's going this way because I used to be so shut down. Mm -hmm. I never believed this. It was like, it's too woo-woo for me. It's just like, you know, that's for the, those other people. <laughs> now I, you know, I'm like, I embrace it because the work I do, because it's my passion. I, one of the greatest feelings in the world is when I see a student and they say, do you remember when you said this? Here's how it changed my life. And I just, how do you, how do you not love that? And tapping into and being willing to be in this space, I've now been blessed 
to share the stage and get to connect with people in the green room, some of the most amazing thought leaders. You know? I'm gonna ask you a question about that. You yeah. may not like it, but I have to ask, because you know, yeah. which thought leader out of all the ones you shared the stage with has left the greatest impact on you and why? Probably, it surprised me, an event I did in 2009. So I just had my first back surgery and my friends asked me to host an event. And I'm like, I don't really feel up to it. I'm still, you know, and they said, but Robert, we need you to host it. And I said, why, who do you have? And they go, well, one of our guests is the Dalai Lama. Oh, <laughs> and they go, well, we also have Sir Richard Branson. Okay. How synchronistic is that? <laughs> that we're talking about that right now. Yeah, F.W. de Klerk. Do you know who F.W. de Klerk yeah, is? Yeah, South Africa, former leader. Yeah, he sent, sent Mandela free. Um, we, there was uh, Stephen Covey Sr., one of the final trainings he did before he passed away. We have wow. a great photo in the green room. Him and I, both aerodynamic, standing side by side. <laughs> just, he's, you know, just having fun. Um, there was 18 of, you know, Barbara DeAngelis, uh, Les Brown, who's now a good friend, who wrote the forward to my book. Uh, all 18 amazing people. And even including, and I'll, I'd love to share a story about one person I didn't know, but there's a story behind it. But of all the people that impacted me was listening to F.W. DeClerc. And even, even more than the Dalai Lama. And it, I think what impacted me the most is he's, he was sharing some amazing stuff about his journey. And then he took some questions from the audience and a gentleman stood up and said, look, I, I'm afraid for our future. And he goes, what do you mean? He says, our, our young kids, our young generation, they just... We're in trouble if when they start leading the world. How would you suggest we handle this? And his response was, he said, look, when I was a teen, my parents thought I was pretty messed up and they were worried about our generation. And I think we did pretty good. <laughs> I think we need to trust the next generation. And I thought, that's awesome. So, yeah, I would say he was probably one that's had the biggest impact just on who he was and his way of thinking about things. And while we were talking off record and you brought up podcasting, I want to ask you a little about that. Can you share with our audience the podcasting you've done in the past? Yeah, well, it was based, the same name as my book, Success Left a Clue, go figure. <laughs> and with that, 104 episodes, I haven't recorded an episode in over two years, but when I'm, one of my clues from my book is write it down. Because if you notice, things will come up and it, 10 seconds later, all of a sudden it's gone. And you're like, I, what was it again? Right? <laughs> I got to share something with you. And this is my spirit guide sharing for a minute. For some reason, I'm not trying to give you a reading on the air, but I'm being told you have more important information to share through all the various mediums, medias, you know, forms of media. Like, I think you should do podcasting. Like I do this as my outlet. It's enjoyable. I love meeting amazing people like you and other people that come on. And I, I just think that the public benefits from your, from your, from your input, like, it, it's like, if you're not doing it, you're, you're, you're kind of like the service to, to the universe. Like, I feel like the universe wants you to do a podcast again. I feel like the universe wants you to have social media and making yourself, I know that's a lot to put on yourself, but if you schedule yourself with all the pampering first, you might be able to throw in a few hours a week for a podcast episode now and then. Cause I could see well, you doing a lot of good with the kind of stuff that you share. You're so entertaining, engaging, relatable. So it's like, why the heck not? <laughs> that's, well, what the, you know, that's, that's what I'm being told to Jason, tell you real quick. <laughs> you're right on, you're right, actually right on the path because when the um, BC, before COVID, <laughs> I was doing over 200,000 miles a year flying around the world. And so COVID put an instant stop to that. And so I've gone through a whole reinvention. And I went from 18 and a half years of contracting out and teaching around the world, some other material to now doing my own, creating my own. And that's the creation. And so one of the things I just did recently is I brought on my first virtual assistant. Something okay. I've said I wanted to do for years. You're going to have assistants, a couple. I have two. I have two already. Four. Because as soon as, as soon as I, well, and yeah, because as soon as I brought one on, I was like, why didn't I do this years ago? And one of the first things she did is because I haven't been big on social media. But just two weeks ago, we launched my LinkedIn full on, my Instagram full on. My Facebook fan page, which I have about 24,000. Yeah, we're now really building on that, on my message, getting ready for my book. So we're already doing that. And when you talk about the podcast, um, because of Podmatch, how you and I have met, yes. uh, last two months, I've been blessed to be the number one guest. So um, I've already in the last 60 days done 56 <laughs> um, um, guest spots, 
I've got another 57 booked over the next few months. Congratulations. And, but I will be, so I'm taking the time to do that because you're right. I want to get my message out. And for your listeners, I'm also doing this because with writing my book right now, I'm writing my book through all these recordings. <laughs> By saying the message over and over again, I'm writing the book in my head and start when I sit down to write it now, I'm able to be more clear on it. And so I will be then eventually switching back over to me hosting because I've met so many amazing people like yourself that I'm going to be like, who can I bring on guests? Holy cow. You as a host? <laughs> I mean, come on. Like I, I do this as a hobby and I just happen to enjoy it and it is what it is, but you've got like so much of a like gravitas that you could just put together this like think tank of amazing people to come on and talk about like all these different topics. It sounds amazing. I will definitely tune in and promote it. You know, well, would you, and would you be a guest on it? I would love to, of course I would love to be, I'd be honored. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, I just started getting myself out there and, and that's a good thing about pod batches. I'm number 14 as of hosts, as of this morning, I guess I've been doing a bunch of stuff myself, but um, the pod match things are a brilliant idea. And I've been on three podcasts in the last two weeks. So for me, that's a warm up. I, I had to create the um, the information, you know, I come up with your press kit. I'm still working on my press kit, but Podmatch helps you kind of formulate with your guest page. I love it. I'm like, oh my, that's how we found each other. We were just, it's like, and, and, and when you look at it, it's like swipe right, swipe right, swipe left for podcasts and for guests, right? And yeah, sure. um, the first, I've only been on it for a month now, but the first couple of days I was on it, I couldn't get off it. I had to stay on it and, <laughs> it was like and, and that's it. I love it. It's, it's, it's like so cool. And and I love what you're saying because you're developing your voice right now. Because right. and let's let's turn into the law of projection. Are you ready to go on a little journey? I love are it. You, are, you, are you willing to play, Jason? I'm I'm buckled up. Let's go. <laughs> everything that everything that you're seeing in me and all the great things that you've been talking about is nothing more than a reflection of what's already going on inside of you. Wow. See, you, it even, and, and if, you, if you look at one of my favorite books, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, the one agreement is don't take things personally. Because even if it sounds like someone's being like very personal to you or, and attacking you personally and saying something nice, let's go both sides of the coin. It has nothing to do with you. So one of the reasons you're due, you are able to tune in so well and be able to see things in other people is because you're taking a reflection of what's going on inside of you. And you're actually seeing that light in the others and you're going, because it's a direction you want your life to go. And so you're owning it. And that's as you're finding your voice and as you're warming up on Podbatch, as an example, to be a guest, you know, notice how a little bit of your um, mind tried to hold you back. See, I'm just getting going. I'm just starting as a way because your mind's trying to say, oh, he's not good yet. But you're <laughs> already like freaking phenomenal. Thank you. When you give yourself permission to be right. Yes. And yes. so. That's why for me, when I have a, my podcast back up and running, I, my goal is going to be to find the hidden gems. It's not going to be go find all the well-known people that everybody's heard of. I want to find the amazing <laughs> hidden gems that the world is waiting to hear from. That's I, love that. what I love that. That's, that's, that's amazing. And I'll say something, the, the momentum that my show, I've been, I basically went on Podmatch without knowing what it was all about. I was like, what is this? Let me go on here. And I, I signed on a few months ago, but I never paid for the premium plan. And then I finally decided to do it. And I'm like sitting there, I'm basically upgrading my podcast with the guests that are coming on, like yourself. I'm upgrading my own entire vision of what I want to do with the show because of, of everything that's being presented right now. I'm just, it, it's, words don't describe, how cool. words how don't cool describe is that, how right? it feels. Exactly. It's, it's, it's breathtaking. It's, it's amazing. Do you believe that we've almost done this for an hour? I feel like you're so entertaining that how fast time goes from this yeah. whole today. I mean, I'm happy that we got to go into the fundamental elements of your first book. And I will tell you that when you get that next book out, I would love to debut it on, on the show. Oh, um, thank you so much. Thank you. And for my audience, benefit, I'm going to have, I'm going to have John Astrop on um, in October to debut nice. his one of his new things he's releasing. So I, I love that. I love being able to, to like share with my audience, you know, um, such amazing. Another, John's another acquaintance. I've been blessed to spend a lot of time with on stage and have some great conversations with him. Hey, I, I, I pray every morning I wake up, I pray. I thank God every day for everything that's happening right now because of what we 
are sharing, not only with my audience during these interviews, but you got to understand something too. There's so much synchronicity during our interview just now, or I should say talk, that you've encouraged me. I have one of my projects I need to do is unclutter, my mom's words exactly, unclutter the garage, take inventory of things, take priority. So I'm looking at what you're talking about today and I'm like, check, check, I need to do this. Okay, that's next. Like everything you just talked about is like my future path. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you know, as, as I know we're gonna be wrapping up soon because I do have a hard stop coming up as yes. well, but I'm gonna let you know, for you having me on your podcast, and I thank you, I feel so blessed. As a gift to your listeners, um, I'd love them to be able to get the digital copy of my book as our gift to them. Thank you. And, thank you. and all they have to do is just go to robertrealpel.com. And it's, it, it, notice how at the beginning you said Robert T. Realpel. It's just Robert Realpel. So it's, okay, it's, my there's only one T in there. Yeah. Just robertrealpel.com. You'll be able to download the digital copy of Success Left a Clue. Now, it does come with a caveat, though. It comes with a caveat. If you remember what we were talking about, how three, only 3% 3 of people actually do something with the information. So the book isn't meant to be read and then put up on the shelf as shelf help. That's not what it's meant for. I wrote it as a workbook. So all the way through, because step number three is take action. I wrote action steps all the way through. And I'll actually say in the book, do not read any further until you've done this action. And then the next chapter, I'll say, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading now. Go back and do that action. Hold them accountable. Yes, because I want people to actually have the change in their life. It's an easy read. It's me in a book. Like my quirkiness, my dry, you know, warped sense of humor, whatever you want to call it. Entertaining? So it's me in a book. And it's, that's, you know, so take the book and really utilize and watch. You take those six steps I teach in the book and you will see your life go in a whole different direction. It's amazing. Perfect. Perfect. I uh, have to ask you this as a closing question. Yeah. If you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? Mm, a rhino. And why? Because it's, it's actually the animal for that we chose as our uh, mascot for my um, app that I designed called Amantora. And it's just such a majestic animal. It's got strength, but quiet. And it just, you know, it doesn't have to um, show off its strength. But when it needs to, it can put it into action. Wow. I love that. <laughs> Very good. I always say owl for mine. So I'll just keep for purposes of brevity. I'll stick Ooh. with the answer for now. Owl, because they, <laughs> I get it. Because they delve in wisdom. And I'm all about wanting to be wise and, and look at the world from as broad of a perspective as possible. I want to thank you for coming on. I, this has been extremely enlightening today. I, I thank you for sharing oh, your, your insights with my audience. I just want to thank Robert for coming on the show today. What, a, what an amazing guest, best-selling author, uh, entrepreneur, trainer. You know, one of the things left off that list is an amazing individual. I would recommend that our audience listens to this episode and then listens to it again because it was very instructive. Instructive on life, how to live a balanced life, steps you should take within yourself to take control of your life. I can say this firsthand. There are moments when I have days where I feel like my life's not in control. And then there's other days when I feel like life is just an amazing gem. And one of the things I loved about Robert's interview today and sharing everything with us is his ability to break things into steps. His ability, I mean, he is a trainer, but there are trainers and then there's exemplary trainers. I would consider what he did today as one of those levels of exemplary training. So check out his book, Success Left the Clue. He just indicated that he would offer that as a free gift to our audience. So definitely read it and use it as a workbook. Use it as an instructive workbook to change things in your life that are going to be amazing and that you're going to see right away. That's my feeling. I feel like you'll see results because when he was describing the stuff that he's done in his life, I, it resonates fully with me. I identify with it and understand it. So definitely check it out and go to his website, robertrappel.com. And I will have that in the, in the notes for the show. And if anyone would like to reach out to me, as always, you can reach out to me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Until next time, stay positive, because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank, Thank you. you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. 
Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.